Housings of the Aged Action Group, Hague for short, a housing group for older people run by older people. Present Raise the Roof! We advocate for secure, affordable and appropriate housing. So listen up on the second and fourth Wednesday of the month at 5.30pm on 3CR 855 on your AM dial. That's right. You're listening to the very last Raise the Roof of 2023. This is the Housing for the Age Action Group show on 3CR, 8.55am. Uh, my name's Shane and I'm here in the studio with Fiona. Um, Fiona, what did you get for Christmas? Oh, you know, I couldn't say really. Um, <laughs> I, I, got an, I got an incredible time with friends and family. How's that? Well, that's more than many of us can hope for. <laughs> Yeah, what about you? What did you get for Chrissy? Well, I got all that I could have asked for. Um, I hope that some of our politicians got a visit from three ghosts and will have their <laughs> minds right in the near future. Um, I, listeners, I want you to know I tried to sell Fiona on uh, making this show a Christmas Carol themed and dividing it up into sections like a radio play with the ghost of Christmas housing past, present... Wait, <laughs> I don't even remember what, what my they? idea was. Housing past, present and future. That would have been the. the that dream. would have been cool, except I think the future would be too bleak. The future is not bleak. The future is a fertile time of resistance and triumph. Okay, if you say so. It's nice to hear you so positive, so close to the new year. Well, I'm always very positive as well, you know, Fiona. And how did your plum puddings go? I only made one this year. Oh. It was delicious. Yeah. Did you have a thrippence in it? No, there's no. You know this. There's no thrippence in my pudding. <laughs> the uh, the pud- the pudding is its own reward. It doesn't need a, a little. Uh, little extra in there. <laughs> a little bit of tooth decay. The good there. luck is that you get the, the pudding. Yep. So as this is our last show of 2023, we thought we'd do a little bit of a recap into some of the stories that we've heard this year. Um, in particular, p- focusing on some of the stories of our lived experience advocates and some of the older women that we've had on the show and also who have presented at other forums. Um, we wanted to also showcase... Vanessa Hart, who is one of our probably most enthusiastic, I would say, um, peer educators. She is tireless in her mission to get membership um, for HAG. She has membership forms wherever she goes, on buses, on trains, wandering around the shops of Laverton. Um, And she does lots and lots of talks for us as well. And last year she was awarded the Molly Hadfield Social Housing Volunteer Award. And DFFH actually was so moved by her acceptance speech that they decided to make a little video showcasing her work and all of the stuff that she does for the community. And we thought we'd steal the video <laughs> and play it on our show without permission. So DFFH, we're sorry. Well, I feel like copyright is a loose concept when it comes to our Vanessa. So I'm sure they'll be, <laughs> I'm sure they'll be fine with it. Um, and besides, it's more promotion for them too. So yeah, well, we're promoting DFFH. Is that how we feel about the department? We're promoting the fact that they awarded Vanessa, our member, as part of the Molly Hatfield Awards. So we might get, um, we might get this year's winner on too next year to interview. We might. Yeah, might be an idea. So, um, yeah, so we'll hear from that and we'll also hear from um, some stories from some of the Queensland people that we've had on the show and some of our other peer educators. So stay tuned for some easy listenings, for some amazing content coming up in the next half an hour. 
as you, you know, digest your Christmas meal, if you're still eating the leftover ham, <laughs> get into it. <laughs> and, um, yeah, stay tuned. I told my son, I says, when the films come out, you're going to see something that you probably won't believe and you won't want to know. And I said, I'm sorry for that, but I'm going to tell my story. I want people to know that, that there is hope and there's people out there that will help you. When I came here, came to Brisbane 10 years ago, I was shocked at the price of rent. My goodness, how am I going to find anything I can afford? Spent the first year doing a house sit where I contributed something to my niece's rent while she was away, and then I got taken in by my son and his then partner. Cared for mum probably at least 20 years. Mum passed away and I hadn't considered me or my future and I ended up at risk of homelessness. I was evicted from a flat I'd lived in for 10 years because my rent kept going up but my income stayed pretty much the same. I was not able to get off the dole from all the illustration work and I wasn't able to find anywhere to live in time so I stayed with my mum. I started to go and draw houses, so then it's turned into a project of like, okay, how many places have I lived in? It's probably up to about 70 now. I was about 17 years old. I was in Canada and my father was hitting me so much I couldn't take it anymore. And I knew if I didn't get out of there, he'd kill me. That's all I could think of. You can cry a lot. You're hungry all the time. Nobody's there to help you. Sometimes you go into behind restaurants and see what they've thrown out and to, to survive. I live in people's front yards and stuff like that. And th that's how I got by. And, and, and then I, you know, I, I, I married a man uh, within a week. I met him on a Tuesday, married him the following Tuesday because I, I could get out of the house then, and he needed to stay in the country, so it was beneficial for both of us. For the first few years, we were okay. There was no problem. It just later on, started going crazy, started choking me, smacking me. And you know what? I've done that before, and I don't want to go through that again. So in a way, yes, it does repeat itself, but I broke the cycle because I won't let that happen. And I made sure that my kids never, ever saw any of that I don't want my children to see their father hitting their mother. And I just left then, I couldn't take it anymore. So I had to go in the streets, nobody else would take me on. I've been buying a house five times in the different locations where I've lived. And the price of houses kept escalating and the income in the middle of my life that has started to have broken employment, some of it's illness, but some of it is the difficulty to get back into work and the amount that you're getting paid on the benefits are even less than, than what you've been used to living on. I was part owner of, of a big house on the um, end near the pond at first. Sentimental. 
Mum was my person. She was all I cared about. Never saw myself as this homeless person, and I was. I was not only still completely 100% in grief, completely dying inside, I was um, going on to Job Seeker where it would not have paid my rent, you know, it, it just didn't. So then I advertised everywhere and I did get a housemate for a while that didn't work out. The food was really obvious and sad, you know, that it resorted to having really poor diet, having to survive. So it was constant instability, so to speak, for a long couple of years. I started writing letters to all the ministers. I'm not saying that it got me anywhere exactly. I was feeling like I was active, actioning my issue and pointing out that this is real and this is terrifying. When I thought that I was, okay, now I'm at the crisis point, I don't have anywhere to live. I did try to go to a housing crisis service and put myself on the Victorian Housing Registry, but they were very, yeah, it's not. Haven't you got like a friend that you could team up with? Uh, haven't you got like a drug problem? Haven't you got some children? So I thought I'm not that much in crisis. I still have resources. I still have friends and family. So that's not for me. I was staying with my mum again on the fold-out couch in her retirement unit and she said, I've seen this organisation. Why don't you go to a talk about older lesbians and housing? And I was like, okay, Mum. There was somebody there from Women's Property Initiatives and they rang me up later and said, we've got a place in Bandura. Do you want to look at it? And I was like, how could I say no? How could I say no? 30% of my income and maybe a 10-year lease. And I said, well, that sounds good. I'm like, okay, okay. I had no keys, but I bought this. I don't know why I bought it, but something says buy it. And when Hag came, they gave me a key and then I put my key with my name and I had a key here, so it was really good. Like, I had no furniture, I had no fridge, no blanket, no nothing, but I had a place that was secure and nobody could throw me out. And I locked my doors and it was beautiful. It was, oh, it's the most amazing gift that it's yours. Nobody can do anything to you. I would have had to break a lease and everything because I could not afford 1600 You know, you've got so your utilities, your phone, your internet. And I think within two weeks, I got this place. It was actually housing that found this for me. And then HAG, they were so good. They paid the first two weeks rent. They paid the bond. They paid for furniture removalists. It was a comforting process to go through to have them behind me. 
Having secure housing for me meant that I could be me again. You feel a little bit in a trance for a while. Is this mine? Can I stay here? And then all of a sudden it hits you and you just breathe. You breathe and you think, oh my gosh, is this really happening? I could do things my way for the first time in my life. You know, have my little ornaments, my animals, my pretties, my garden, my plants. I could have all the things that were close to my heart. Literally. Thinking about it now, after I've got safe, secure and low-cost housing, I lived in a perpetual state of crisis. The times that I've had to see a therapist because of self-harm and disordered eating and other psychological problems that were going on, it's like I didn't put it together in my head with, oh, that was that time when you were evicted from where you had been living for 10 years. So, yes, you were having a mental health crisis because of being homeless. <laughs> It doesn't need to be big, this little place that I'd like to live in. It doesn't essentially have to be with a cluster of older women. In some ways, I'm living longer than I once thought I would because I had a lot of illness in my middle years. And I'm more clear that I want to have nature around me, be, be physically active, be preparing my own meals. And I seem to be a sort that likes company but likes to live alone. Even when you're at a state where you don't know what's around the corner, just keep an open mind about everything. Try to picture yourself a bit of light coming through because that's what's going to get you through. And there is help out there. And I'm hoping that I can help somebody out there like this. So. This summer, wildlife are feeling the heat of climate change. Wildlife become stressed and unwell in hot weather and every summer, Wildlife Victoria receives tens of thousands of calls for wildlife assistance. You can make a positive difference to the future of wildlife by donating to Wildlife Victoria. Your donation will help us rescue and care for heat-affected native animals. The future of wildlife is in your hands. Donate to Wildlife Victoria at wildlifevictoria.org.au Wildlife Victoria is a 3CR supporter. We know you love listening to 3CR, but we also know that many of you haven't downloaded the Community Radio Plus app yet. The app lets you tune in anywhere and share the station with your friends. So, show the love and share the love and search Community Radio Plus wherever you get your apps. You know what, I started off doing vegetables and then I thought, you know what, I go around, I know all the people in my area here and I see all these people, these hairs that are just hanging and oh, it, it, it looked awful. So I started talking to one girl and I said, look, how about if I cut your hair? 
she was working, you know, part-time there. So I went out just in front of the shop there when she wasn't busy and I'd cut her hair. And then somebody else would see me and it, that's how I escalated to that. There you go, madame. Thank you. Let me have a look. Yes, you may. A satisfaction that these people, they can look good too. They don't need to look all frumpy and uh, split hairs. Oh, wow. That's really nice. Thank you. <laughs> and some of these people have gone on to get jobs now. So, you know, this is the main idea. I can do that. Why not? Another happy customer. <laughs> you know, um, the other, uh, about a month ago, I was down in the city with a friend of mine. And there was a guy rummaging through the rubbish bin. And I was sitting at McDonald's with her, and this woman's yelling, Oh, well, that, look at that smelly man. How dare he come into McDonald's and da, 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 da. So I went and grabbed that man and I said, sweetheart, are you hungry? And that woman goes, how dare you buy him food? He's smelly, we don't want him here. And I says, love, do you know his circumstances? Do you understand what he's had to go through? Do you know why he's homeless? I've been homeless twice and I know what it's like. I, 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 I came from Macedonia to Canada as a baby. I was a very small child. I had a harsh life. I've had two decades of nothing but beatings. Very bad, nobody, they just didn't acknowledge me. I was not a part of the family. Uh, at about 16 years old, I ran away from home because I just couldn't take it anymore and lived on the streets and it's not a pretty sight. When I came here, uh, 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 it was good at the beginning and then uh, my husband got abusive and I ran away from him. So um, I lived on the street here. I'm a peer educator, I talk, I do a lot of talks, I go all over the places. Um, I was just now at Manor Lakes, I've been at uh, Wyndham there, and uh, you know, um, half the time I've got the people in tears, like you know, they're, they're, they're heartfelt, you know, because some of them understand what I'm going through. Hi, how are you? I, I, I want to volunteer because I wasn't allowed to do that, any of it, when I was younger. I haven't got money to give people, but I can cut their hair, I can feed the people, I can make a sandwich for them. I can do all those things and that's not a problem. Cook chicken as well. Yes. So we got the butter over there, you got the bread there. You know, some people need the recognition sometimes. A lot of people want to be loved and be shown that somebody cares. Winning these awards like this and being filmed like this, it's a... It's like I, I'm, I'm somebody now. I'm not a nobody, I'm a somebody. And people listen to me. And I can get out there and with the passion that I have. I, I, I help these people. I actually help these people. And that makes my heart cry so much, for goodness. But first of all, we're gonna hear from Linda Hahn from Queensland. My credentials to speak here today are based on my personal experience of being homeless, as well as four years working as a peer advocate in the Housing Older Women movement, which now has over 1,800 women in its group and hundreds of supporters. Older women experience homelessness and housing stress not as a result of poor choices or decisions, but rather as the inevitable result of systemic issues rooted in gender inequality, which have been pervasive throughout our lifetimes. Everyone who experiences homelessness is forever changed. My story has been recorded, and since making that recording a few years ago, 
I had to leave the unit I was then occupying due to the ending of the National Rental Affordability Scheme license for that block of units. There were over 100 people, mostly in their 60s, 70s and 80s, living there. This coincided with interstate migration to Brisbane and southeast Queensland during COVID, which made finding a private rental almost impossible. Every open home I went to was inundated with people from southern states openly saying they could offer more than the quoted rent or pay several months of rent in advance to secure the property. What chance then for an older woman on JobSeeker? Eventually, though, I struck lucky with a compassionate property manager and have been securely housed again for over two years. But I continue to have to draw down on my superannuation to supplement my living expenses. I estimate this has cost me well over $150,000 over 10 years. This is money I would have preferred to use to buy part equity in a property, but no such scheme exists for people like me. Of those... You're listening to Raise the Roof, the Housing for the Age Action Group show here on 3CR, 8.55am. This is our last episode of 2023. Thank, uh, thank, the, thank, I don't know who to thank. <laughs> who should we thank, Fiona? I don't know. Thank the, the, I don't know, the powers that be. So, well, we won't be thanking them for very much. Um, the We thought it was important to bring you these stories today uh, in the context that in 2023, we've seen some horrible decisions by the Victorian government about public housing, uh, plans to demolish, plans to uproot people, uh, all of that. We've talked about that before on the show. Uh, and these are the people who's, uh, and the sorts of people who are affected by those decisions. So next year, we will be bringing you more stories from real people about what these sorts of government de- decisions mean. Um, and we'll be trying to puncture the government's hypocritical propaganda about, uh, you know, their, their so-called social housing plans and, and whatnot. Um, Fiona, do you have any uh, housing resolutions for 2024? I didn't tell her I was going to ask this. Housing resolutions for 2024. What I would like to do in 2024 is blow apart the myth of affordable housing. I'm so sick of that being bandied around as a term. I'd like to get a strong definition legislated that is not some sort of 80 to 90 to 100 percent of market price, but actually affordable. And I'd like to expose that scam for what it is. That's my housing resolution for 2024. When you said I'd like to blow apart, I thought you were going to say you'd like to blow something up. I thought <laughs> we were going to get a very controversial answer to that question. No, nah, nah, not me. No, I'm not controversial. Uh, no, I guess not. Um, so we're almost out of time. Uh, we should let you know the HAG office is closed this week between yeah. Christmas and New Year. It'll be reopened uh, at 9 o'clock on the 2nd of January. Um, Fiona, have you got the number that people can call right now if they need some help? No. Um, so you get that number <laughs> while I tell them how they can get in touch with us once we do okay. reopen. So from the 2nd, you can call us on 96547389. That's 96547389. Seven three eight nine. Um, that's if you want to talk to talk to us about HAG as an organisation, become a peer educator, um, you know, be involved in policy and advocacy work, join a working group, something like that. Uh, if you want to give us a call because you're an older Victorian with a housing problem or you want to talk about your housing future, the best number for that is one three hundred seven six five one seven eight. That's one three hundred seven six five one seven eight. You can also check out our website oldertenants.org.au or find us on all kinds of horrible social media platforms. 
Uh, Fiona, you got that number? Yeah, so if you're in urgent need of somewhere to stay tonight and you are needing some assistance, you can call the 24-hour statewide toll-free helpline, which is 1-800-825-955. And that is um, available anywhere in Victoria. It'll go to your local access point. So it'll direct you to the service closest to you while we're closed. Great. So we are almost out of time. We're going to finish with a song. Uh, I don't think that Fiona's picked a song yet. So no. I'm just going to talk for a few more moments while she does that very quickly so that we can get out of here and finish our work for the year really just with this. I'm going to play a song that I think is possibly been overplayed at this time of year. Um, but I'm going to play it anyway. It's Fairy Tale of New York by the Pogues. More Pogues. We had Pogues last time. Well, you know, Shane McGowan deserves more than one episode. Up here. I don't even know who this Shane McGowan oh was. Oh, God, Shane. He, he, your your mum probably named him after you. Named you after him. I don't think that's true. Uh, anyway, here's Fairy Tale of New York. Christmas Eve babe, in the drunk tank an old man said to me won't see another one and then he sang a song the rare old mountain dew I turned my face away and dreamed about you God on the lucky one Came in like ten to one I've got a feeling This years for me and you So happy Christmas I love you baby I can see a better time When all our dreams come true
find someone Well, so could anyone You took my dreams from me When I first found you I kept them with me, babe I put them with my own Can't make it all alone I built my dreams around you Christmas Day